Hello and welcome to Safe Travels. I am your host, Damien. The Safe Travel Show is about finding expert advice for you so that you can enjoy worry-free travels. Some people are starting to travel again now that coronavirus cases are declining a bit throughout the country. But if you are one of these people thinking about planning a trip, you probably still have some concerns. You might be worried about another outbreak and needing to cancel the trip. You might be confused about the various cancellation policies that travel suppliers have. Many have altered their cancellation policies to make booking a bit more enticing, but they can be a little bit confusing. If you did need to cancel a trip, you really don't want to go through the hassle of sitting on hold and waiting to get refunds. But we do have a guest today that will speak about the possible solution to all of that, or at least help with some of it. I usually do not use travel advisors. We have always planned our own family trips. But in speaking with today's guest, I'm definitely starting to see the benefits of using one. My guest is Mimi Lichtenstein of Truve Travel. Mimi is an advisor, and she will share how advisors can help with many of the problems I just mentioned, but they can also get you a lot of extra perks on your trip that you really cannot get for yourself. Plus, in many cases, the services of the advisor are either free to you, or all of the extra perks they get for you can make up for the cost. There will be show notes. You can go to our Twitter handle at SafeTravelsFM. Please enjoy this conversation with Mimi Lichtenstein about the benefits of using a travel advisor. Amy, thanks very much for joining us today. Thank you, Damien, very much for having me on. Would you mind introducing yourself, who you are, what you do, and your area of expertise to the audience? Sure. Mimi Lichtenstein. I am the owner of Truve Travel, and I started the business about a year ago after I had returned from sabbatical in Spain. And I plan very custom trips for people all over the world. The fun part about it is it brings in a lot of my areas of expertise, as well as sort of my personal experience being a mom of three kids. So it's kind of a a perfect mix of what I'm good at and what I love to do. And you say you started after a, a return from a trip. What pushed you into being a travel advisor? Was there something that started this? When I came back from our trip to Spain, I knew that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I just wasn't quite sure what I wanted it to be. And given that I love travel, that seemed like a natural place. However, I live in Hanover, New Hampshire which is a very um, sort of rural town in New Hampshire. So it didn't seem like something that was possible, but I am a big researcher. And over time, I I figured out that there is a potential to have my own business within the travel industry, working from this small town, but working with clients who are all over the US and some throughout the world. So for me, it's a perfect place to be at home, be with my kids, as well as plan travels for people to go all over the place. Do you find any restrictions at all to the remote aspect of it from working from a a smaller town and working with people from all over? You know, what I love to do is much more is to meet people in person. So before the COVID virus came about, there was a lot of meeting at a local cafe or bar to meet with my clients who were local. But the ones who are further away, it was always over Zoom or over a phone call anyway. So in that respect, it's not that much different. I'm affiliated with a company called Brownell Travel, which is a host agency. And there are about 115 people like me across the United States and a couple sprinkled around the world. So it's nice that I'm on my own, you know, obviously making my own schedule and all of that. But yet I have these colleagues all over the place that I can reach out to and we have weekly calls and stay connected. So it's kind of the best of both. Can you describe that relationship a little bit? I'm not familiar with host agency. Absolutely. I wasn't either. So it was new to me about a year and a half ago. Host agency, and in particular Brownell, is a travel agency. They are, I think, quoted as the oldest one in the United States. And they have independent contractors or people like me who have their own companies, brand their own business. But we essentially plug into a lot of the benefits of having a company that 
is well integrated in the travel industry. So they have connections all over the world. They have technology platforms and communications platforms and commission collection and accounting and all of that. And I essentially have my own business and I go out and get my own clients and do all my own marketing and all of that. But yet I get to leverage all the benefits of the connections that they have through Virtuoso and other affiliations all over the world. So it seems like a very strong support system that they offer. Yes. And quite frankly, if you know, if I would have thought to have done this all on my own without knowing about that possibility, I think it would have been a tough thing to do because I've traveled lots of places in the world, but I certainly don't know the right people in every place. And through Brownell and their connections, any company that's affiliated with Brownell or a partner of Brownell's is a partner of mine. And then I just get to use and leverage those relationships for my clients' benefits. So we got in touch to discuss some of the benefits of using travel advisors, and it's all under the umbrella of the specific benefits now with COVID-19. So I'd love to hear what are some of the top benefits of using an advisor, especially now? Yeah, I think number one is an advocate. When I work with my clients, really, I'm the person who's out there advocating on their behalf, whether it's for good things or when there's bumps along the way. And so when you're planning a big trip, and there's a lot of money being invested, it's nice to have somebody who has connections and knowledge to help sort of safeguard that trip for you. And so when someone works with me with all the coronavirus cancellations, you know, I spent a solid six weeks, six or eight weeks unwinding a bunch of trips. So, I mean, you just look at the simple benefit of time, the amount of time it took me to unwind all those things was a lot. And that completely took it off the plate of my clients. It also is a little bit easier for us since we have very strong relationships with different hotels and partners around the world. Sometimes we're able to get either refunds or more flexible cancellation terms that the average sort of everyday person, if they're just booking on their own, aren't able to get. So you mentioned cancellations and dealing with a lot of the coronavirus issues. Do you mean sitting on hold with the different travel suppliers? Can you explain that a little bit? Sure. Well, we have within Brownell, they actually have an air team. So they'll do flights for people. So if someone's going to book a flight through Brownell, then they're going to just call up the person that they have as their contact. They have a different phone number to call than you and I do and the average consumer does. So that's not a matter of sitting on hold. When we are, for example, I had to postpone a trip to Greece for a couple and all of my conversations went direct to our partner who was helping me on the ground. And so they have the connections to the ferries, the airlines, the hotels. And so we kind of work together through email, occasionally have to get on a phone call, but it's just a matter of sort of taking each step day by day versus sitting on hold. So is it fair to say that you have better access to customer support than just a typical consumer? Yeah, I think that's very fair to say. I think when, you know, a lot of places you have a general email, let's say, whereas we have hotels and partners and guides and such that we work with all the time. And those people have personal relationships either with me or with someone at Brownell. So it's just a different experience than if you were going to, you know, write to info at, you know, marriott.com, for example. And then again, on cancellations and I'm thinking of the travel investment and how can advisors help uh, their clients in protecting their travel investment? Is there an insurance aspect to what you do or what you yeah. offer? Yeah. Well, I think the insurance aspect of it is, you know, not only for COVID, but for other reasons. 
when you're thinking about whether you want to insure a trip, you obviously want to look at the fine print. There's a way which you're probably familiar with where some companies have cancel for any reason insurance, some companies have bigger deductibles. So there's a lot of factors that come into play. I think for people who are going certain places, if you don't have a hotel that has, you know, you can cancel 24 hours in advance, if you're putting down a final payment six months ahead of time, it's really important to have something where if you're getting sick in advance, or if you're getting sick while you're there, or if you, for example, have a work obligation. One of the companies that we work with, they have cancel for work reasons. So if you're planning a trip and you now have a client meeting and you're not able to go, you're able to execute your travel insurance policy. So I think, and for coronavirus, it covers you. There's a lot of restrictions. And since I'm not an insurance agent, like a trained expert, there's a lot of details that I don't go into with my clients. But what I do is I put them on the phone with one of our travel partners. And he probably has jumped on the phone with my clients 15 times in the course of four weeks to explain what's covered with coronavirus, what's not covered, if it makes sense to get it, depending upon what you're concerned about for the trip. As you're probably aware, with the pandemic aspect of things, there was very little that was covered from that respect. But if you do get sick with coronavirus, that is a covered event. So I think you mentioned a partner. Is that through Brownell that people are accessing insurance or is that with your agency? Yes. So we work with a couple of different companies. One of them is TravelX. They're the one that I, I work with mostly. And my contact who's there, you know, he's dedicated to all the people at Brownell. So he's the one that we go to whenever we have questions. He has all the, you know, details in his head about the coverage and what's included and what's not included. And even I had some clients who lived in New York. And at some point, the cancel for any reason insurance was going away as of, I think, let's say, March 30th or something. And he was able to explain to them they could get it as long as they had bought it in the next week. It was a very short oh, time see. frame. But, you know, things like that that would take, I don't know if you would ever find out on your own. Yeah, it's helpful in that case to be proactive with it like that is. So I'll admit I am a do-it-yourselfer as far as planning travel but I'm slowly getting swayed over to using advisors. What are some extras that travel advisors can do for you that is not even possible as a DIY planner? Yeah, it's funny because I've seen in different places, people say you can't VIP yourself. So if you're going to a particular hotel that is one of our partners, we are able to get you sort of special experiences and perks and upgrades that you wouldn't be able to get on your own. So for the same amount of money, that you'd be spending for a night somewhere. It might have breakfast included. You might have your room upgraded. It might include checking in at any time you want. It might include a spa credit. So there's a lot of things like that that are beneficial. I like to think back to one particular client I had last fall who was going to the Ritz in Paris. And for the exact same money if she had booked it herself, I was able to get her room upgraded when I booked it. And oftentimes it's not until you arrive, but I got it upgraded when she we booked it. And then she also had breakfast included in her room from a Michelin star restaurant every day. She arrived early in the morning from the States and her room was ready on arrival. And my favorite part was that they went and picked her up as she walked off the jet bridge and whisked her through VIP security to an awaiting Mercedes that drove her to the Ritz and then drove her back when it was time to leave. And it didn't cost her a penny more than if she'd booked it online at the Ritz or some other place. That sounds like quite a package. Was that just getting sort of the VIP treatment or is each one of those pieces put together by yourself? 
nope, that happens to be the relationship that we have with the Ritz in Paris. Mm. Every place, mm. you know, is different. But Brownell, because they're part of Virtuoso and part of this network, we have really good relationships with a lot of the luxury hotels and a lot of boutique hotels too. So it really just depends. I can think of another example. I had a client going to the Amman Resort in the Dominican Republic. And when I called and spoke with their head of sales, they ended up giving my client an extra night free and they included her lunch and her dinner every day and upgraded her room and just give them a little bit, you know, better treatment than if you just did it on your own. So that's kind of fun. I mean, for me, that's the fun part. I like getting, you know, many of my clients are my friends or they're friends of my clients. So it's nice to be able to get people special treatment. And I think the other piece of it is that's a really big piece is we can find out about so many things that it would take the average person hours and hours and hours of research to look into. So I work with a lot of families who travel and they like to go new places. So it's not that you know they're not familiar. They've never been to Paris before. They've never been to Thailand. And so my job as their advisor is to find out a lot of depth about what they love to do what the parents love to do, what the kids love to do, how they like to, you know, the pace of their travel, and then find things to do for them in the destination that they're going to. And it might be that their kids love animals, so they want to go give an elephant a mud bath in Chiang Mai. Or it might be that their kid's a big soccer player and he loves everything soccer, so we get them a behind-the-scenes tour at Santiago Bernabeu in Madrid or something like that. So hearing all of these extras and, and benefits, it seems like there's no reason not to use a travel advisor. Would you be able to play devil's advocate a little bit and talk about any drawbacks to using an advisor? Yeah, I think that, you know, in, so, in one sense, I think it's a no brainer. I think once a lot of people learn about it, I had a client once and she'd never worked with someone before. And when I told her what I could do and then sent her on a trip, she said, I think when people know what you do, you're just going to have a line of people out the door. I think it's just that people don't understand it. So I think the one potential drawback would be is just finding the right person, you know, which is the same for whatever, your doctor or your accountant or your lawyer. It's having that match is really important. I really love working with people who love to travel and the people who love to travel and love to plan travel, I sort of add a little bit of extra to their trip, but mm. it's really just finding that match. Sometimes there could be a mismatch, but then I would just encourage somebody to keep looking for another one. So another thing that comes to mind is cost. I think a lot of people might assume that there's a lot of extra expense. Can you break down how that works? Sure. A lot of people are different. The way it works for me is that if I'm planning a trip for someone and they're just essentially know where they want to go and they want to leverage the perks that I can offer, they might call me up and say, I want to go stay at the Four Seasons in Jackson Hole. There is no extra cost for that at all. The uh, hotel pays me a commission and that's what my revenue is from that particular booking. When someone would like to plan a trip for two weeks through Spain or a week in New Zealand and a week in Bora Bora, then I charge a $350 weekly advisory fee, which includes getting into all those details I was talking about before about what they love and then going out and finding the hotels that are a great fit for them and the experiences, hands-on experiences, restaurant recommendations. If they're runners, I always give them running routes. If they're hikers, you know, the best places to hike, give them access to classes, like if they wanted to go to a gelato making class. So it's really a much more sort of rich experience. And then once all of that is planned, and it's actually like a back and forth process, it's not that I just take it, plan it and hand it to you and, you know, off you 
go. It's more of a collaboration about changing things and tweaking things. Once it's done, then I give you all those details in a nice, tidy little app, and you take them with you on your trip. You have access to all of your confirmations. You have access to the maps of everywhere you're going, the contacts of the people that you're going to meet. So all the clients that I've had so far say it's absolutely worth the money. And in that respect, just so you know, I get paid that $350 advisory fee. But then in addition, I get paid the commissions from the hotel or the tour company or the cruise. So it's a combination of those two things. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned a simpler trip like just booking a flight in a hotel, but then the added benefit once you get to that advisory fee is really planning a full trip with all the different moving parts that are there. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah, that's accurate. I think if you look at how much time, I mean, before I did this, when I took my kids to Thailand for a few weeks, I'm sure I spent over 60 hours planning that trip, trying to find all the fun things that I know my kids would love to do and the places that I wanted to stay. And so it's really kind of cutting out the sort of difficult logistics part of it and the in-depth research that you have to do every day and finding some of those experiences and places and showing them to you. So I'd say, hey, Damien, I know you love this. So I'm thinking of these three hotels. Which one do you think you'd like best? And here are the trade-offs. So it's just kind of narrowing it down so you don't have to feel that overwhelmed feeling of trying to plan, you know, soup to nuts. And you mentioned finding the right person to do this. So I was going to ask about finding a reputable advisor, someone that works well with you. And word of mouth is obviously a top method for that, I assume. But is there a certification process or do you have any other tips about finding a good advisor? Yeah, I think I agree with you that a referral is the best way. Really, all of my clients were initially people that I knew and then referrals from those people. I think that that's a great place to start. If you don't have one of those, then I think depending upon what kind of trips you like to plan, you can look to Virtuoso. They have their own website and they have a list of advisors with all sorts of different specialties and areas of expertise. For me, I think it's a lot about you could call somebody, have a conversation with them. I offer a 30-minute conversation, complimentary, just to chat with people about travel. And I think most people do that. And I think that's a great way to get to know somebody. Check out their website, check out their social media, see if there's anything you you have in common with them from schools or interests or places that you want to travel that they've written about or talked about. I think that that's a great way to go about it because you kind of have to have that conversation first in order to make a decision to see if it's a good match. And I would just encourage people to take advantage of that if it's offered. That's good to know. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think for me, when I have a first conversation with someone, regardless of if they're going to work with me long term, I always feel like as long as they're walking away from that half an hour with one or two little tidbits about where they want to go, at least I've helped them a little bit in the process, even if they Mm. continue to want to do it on their own or whatever happens. And just to clarify, you mentioned Virtuoso again. Can you explain their role in, in the travel world? Sure. So Virtuoso is like, I guess it's like a consortium of more luxury hotels and companies around the world, cruise lines, etc. And so they're really like a big marketing engine for all of those groups. And they are very good at sharing information on all of the different companies, what they offer. They have a level of 
they kind of vet, let's say they vet them, right? So they know the level that someone's promising is the level that you're going to get when you get there. So we've all heard stories or experienced where you go online and you think you're getting a particular Airbnb with these particular pictures and then you get there and it's across the street from the garbage dump or the pictures don't look anything like when you arrive. And Virtuoso has their own vetting process. And so to be a partner, hotel or cruise line or company, you have to meet a lot of hurdles for financial health and luxury and level of service. It's a nice to know that you have a standard for all the companies that are a part of them. Thank you. I think this is very helpful for those that aren't familiar with using travel advisors. It seems like there's a lot of great benefits and it gives people a good direction to go into. So I appreciate that. I'd love to finish with some general travel advice. You work with a lot of people going on trips. What are some essential tips that you give to people for travel? Yeah, well, I work with a lot of families. And so I think for me, when you're traveling with kids, um, thinking about the things that they'll like to do when you're going places, especially if you're going to like big city trips in Europe, think about water, animals, ice cream, and unconventional transportation. I always have those like in the back of my mind. So if there's a hotel that has a pool, then we're typically having them stay there. If there is an animal experience, you know, if you're going to Mexico, you could go swim with the whale sharks, or you could go to a sea turtle conservation place. Ice cream, gelato tours, learn to make gelato, anything like that, I think is always a hit with kids. Self-explanatory. <laughs> for everybody, right? And then unconventional transportation. When you're just driving around with your kids in the backseat all the time, that might not be so exciting. But if you switch it up and it's anything from a taxi to a tuk-tuk, long tail boats, the back of a pickup truck, going on a train, taking the metro. If you switch that up, I think that they enjoy the trip much more, especially when you don't have some of those things at home. I also think having hands-on experiences are great for kids and getting them around other kids. There was a trip we took to the DR one time and my son played baseball on a baseball team with a bunch of kids from the DR and he loved it because he was there hanging out with other kids. And I think also involve them in planning. If you keep the kids, or if you get the kids interested in the beginning and give them some selection about either where you stay or what you're going to do while you're there, there's a lot more buy-in once you're there and you know, you're know you asking them to sort of be troopers and hang out outside for eight hours a day, right? Going to see a cathedral here or a museum, et cetera. So be smart about that. That's a great lesson. The, the four things you mentioned, uh, I'm stealing those Feel with free. my kids. Yeah, yes, absolutely. that's good stuff. So what are common mistakes that you see people make? What are they? How can you help them avoid them? I think a lot of us have the feel that we have to do everything when we go somewhere. So when you are planning your trip and you're waking everybody up at 8 a.m. and you're doing a tour and then you're going to lunch and then in the afternoon you're going to visit a cathedral, it's a lot, especially with kids. And so I think just Give some thought to what your normal rhythm is at home and what how your kids like to spend their days. Do they like to sleep in? Do they stay up late if you have teenagers, which I do right now? And then just give yourself a little bit more space. So if your kids are naturally late sleepers, don't plan an 8 a.m. tour. Go in the evening if you want to do something sort of off hours and give them some space in the middle of the day to sort of chill at the hotel or go to a cafe, you know, and, and feel free to even split up. I, I have a tendency to want to keep the family together the whole time, but especially as your kids are older, sometimes some need time to rest and the other ones are willing to go out all day. So don't be afraid to split up as well. And finally, are there common misconceptions about travel or myths that you can help put to rest? 
I think, you know, we touched on one a little bit earlier, and that is that working with a travel advisor will cost more. I think when you look at, even when you consider the fee, which is a fairly nominal amount, there's a lot of examples I have simply from my clients where just working with an advisor gets you extra perks and things that are saving you the money straight away. So I think that would be the first one. And then I think the second one, some people think, especially if they're working with an advisor who works more with luxury clients, that you know we want to encourage people to go stay at the most expensive places or do the most expensive things. And I, I definitely don't think that's the case for me. It's, it's always a big puzzle. And I love working with clients who might want to. I have a client who wants to stay at one of the most expensive lodges in New Zealand. And she's staying in Bora Bora before that with her family. And then she said to me, Mimi, can we just stay at like a, you know, basic, like a Marriott when we go down to the South Island? Because it, we're going to be outside every day and the hotel doesn't really matter to me. And so, of course, I was like, absolutely. So I think knowing that there's different types of advisors out there and again, just finding the right one for you because there are people who love to put together those pieces and not, you know, put somebody into just a box of this is a pure luxury traveler or something like that. That's great. Maybe thank you very much. Where can the listeners find you online? Where should we send them? I have a website, truvetravel.com, which is T-R-U-V-A-Y travel.com. And then I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook. Those would be my two social media places that I hang out most. And I'm always happy to answer people's questions. And again, you know, happy to give some advice, especially right now when there's lots of crazy things going on. I think that having somebody in your who, who cares a little bit about where you're going and making sure you get there is a valuable person to have in your corner. Yeah, agreed. I'll link to all of that in the show notes. Mimi, thank you very much for joining today. A lot of great tips and I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Damien. It was fun. I hope you have enjoyed this talk with Mimi today. You should have a much better understanding of how using a travel advisor can be a very smart choice for you. They can help solve a lot of problems, they can plan amazing trips, and they can get a lot of extra perks for you. And there's basically not a huge downside to using them. So I hope you enjoyed. I do have a favor to ask. Safe Travels is a new show. I think it's a great show. I'm a bit biased, I know, but I've been hearing the same thing from a lot of users that it's an important show. Everything is still a little bit crazy right now, but speaking about ways that you can remove some travel worries and travel a bit safer, has resonated with a lot of listeners. So I would appreciate it if you can help get the word out. You can send an email to a friend with a link to this episode. You can share something on social media. A big one is you can leave a rating or a review on your favorite podcast app. That's a big one with Apple. It helps you move up the rankings. So yes, that is all a bit selfish, but I would love for this show to get a better audience, a bigger audience, and help more people. I would really appreciate it. Thank you very much, and safe travels.